The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, on Friday mornings by my buddy, Rich Rebar, from sharpfootballanalysis.com. We pick our five favorite games uh, against the spread here. And, uh, you know, interesting week for, for picking games. Not, uh, not nearly as good of a fantasy week as, uh, I, as I think it, it was last week, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, last week, actually, we had some fun games early on. It was like, oh, there's points and touchdowns being scored. What is this like? What does this feel like? It's been like a month since I felt that way at two o'clock. Usually it's been like, oh man, where are we going to suck these points out of today? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was like, it was like the first half of those games felt like 2020 games again, which yeah. was great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really know what, uh, they just got to stop calling holding penalties. It feels like that's the easiest thing that they can do. If they just stop calling the holding penalties, we're, we're all going to be good. But uh, yeah, we, we are going to pick some games against the spread here. And uh, I'll let you start first with your number five. Uh, so there are like three games I feel good about this week. So keep that in mind. Okay. And, then, uh, and then it's kind of sketchy that like as we get lower, uh, a lot of big lines and there's some tight lines that are, uh, which is what I'm gonna start with one of these tight lines. And I'm gonna take the Buccaneers. I don't feel great about it, but it's it was between them or the Saints for the spot, and I just can't like. Yeah, put, I like, like I like I like the Buccaneers here. Uh, that that was my <laughs> that was my number four. I mean, they're just a better team than the Bills okay, are. Cool, right? All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like a a, a kind of more of a toss up game, but I just think like them being at home, and then I think them having kind of the advantage of you know we haven't really seen the fallout from like the traded avius white injury yet and i think that it's like a terrible spot to find out if versus the buccaneers uh you know who are going to line mike evans up on dane jackson uh for a good amount of the time dane jackson all of 130 coverage snaps in the nfl um and then you know i just think that also the aggressive mindset of the buccaneers plays in really well here uh against the bills so i think we're going to see a pretty tight game i think the bills are going to score i think this could be a really fun game for dfs obviously everyone's gonna be holding a lot of pieces at 4 p.m sure. this game yeah. Um, but it's really just kind of a, like just a, a slight edge to Brady, Brady and the boys at home. I don't really have any much. Be, any and much and the bills are tilting. The bills are tilting. You, you, you gotta, you gotta accept that narrative. The bills are they're They are not having a good time. They're so mad about that. Like McDermott, McDermott, like, I think McDermott was right. Like, oh, Bill Belichick put he was. this masterclass together, but he's, st- he is tilting. Like McDermott yeah, is mean, tilting. We, we've given, like, Bill Belichick deserves a lot of credit over his career, and he's done a lot of brilliant things over his career. Monday night is, like, yeah, very running, low. Yeah, running in 50 miles. 
Yeah, like Damian, <laughs> Damian Harris breaks off a 75-yard touchdown run. He's a genius, right? That That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, and the Bills had – they had four possessions in the red zone and came with one touchdown. Uh, yeah. McDermott did one donkey call where he kicked a field goal into the one end of the wind, and then Dawson Knox sabotaged the drive, and then Josh Allen made the wrong read on what could have been the potentially game-winning touchdown uh, where Cole Beasley was wide the F open. Um, right. Well, I mean, he was wide open because the dude bailed and he guessed right uh, and read the play. So, I mean, a little credit to uh, that backup DB. But, like, Beasley was was the guy, man. Beasley's walking in for a touchdown on that play. But, yeah, um, I think this game could be a lot of fun. Though. I mean, you got two really – these offenses are both first and third and pass rate on first downs outside of the fourth quarter. Uh, so, two aggressive teams. I just have a little more faith in the Buck side right now than the, the Bill side. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, okay, my number five, it, it's just because the line is so big, but it's the Chargers at home against the Giants. And, you know, obviously no Keenan Allen is going to be disruptive to them. It, it looks like Mike Williams, because he's a close contact and he tested negative, actually is, is probably going to be able to play. Like I have Mike Williams in uh, in, in our, our projections at DailyRoto.com. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think he's going to be able to play. And the Giants are probably going to be starting Jake from at quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I don't think, uh, you know, checking down to Saquon Barkley 14 times in this game is going to get them across line. I mean, they have zero touchdowns to running backs or wide receivers the last five weeks. Like it is, uh, an all time bad offense right now happening, uh, for, for the New York giants. Yeah. I left this one off just for the sake of just what's going on, not knowing what's going on with the chargers and like who, who will be available, but no problems with it. I mean, the Giants are an absolutely miserable offense that might be on their third quarterback. Or Jake Fromm, who beat out Justin Fields. Uh, Kirby Smart chose. That's true. <laughs> that is true. People people forget. It is true. Um, yeah, Jake Fromm also, uh, you know, was released from the Bills after this preseason where he completed 4.8 yards for pass attempt in the preseason this year. Uh, yeah, it could be rough. A lot of check downs to Saquon. Sterling Shepard looks like he'll play. Maybe Tony will play too, but uh, – it's just all about who's available on the Chargers side. But we saw them get Matt Filer back, and they actually took some deep shots downfield last week. So hopefully, if, you know, if Keenan is out and it's, it has to run through Big Mike, that there's still you know a vertical passing element in this game. Right. Uh, I'm really going to be real curious. It looks like Jared Cook is getting a lot of fan, uh, DFS. A lot, lot of buzz. Yeah. But that's probably not going to go well. No, no, that uh, that probably is not going to go particularly well. I mean, I was just working on our projections right before I got on with you. And I was like, I, I mean, I don't know where else to put these targets. Like, I don't really believe that Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer can both be like 18% market share targets, guys. Probably the answer is mm-hmm. Eckler. Uh, honestly, Eckler just just yeah. combs it all up like that. That really does. Um that, that really probably will be the solution. So that's my number five. And my number four was the Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, three, I don't know. I, it's kind of surprising to me that it's actually not three and a half that, that Buccaneers game. I thought Brady would get a little bit of that respect, but the market does love Josh Allen. So uh, what is your, what is your number four? My number four is another one where I don't, I don't you know, I'm, I'm going out on a little step here. Cause I think it's more of a 50, 50 game, but I'm going to take the Bengals getting points at home. Uh, against the 49ers for a couple of reasons. One, this was my number one. Is it? Oh, sweet. Okay. Like right. what, Let's how, see. this is, this is the, <laughs> this is a stupid fucking line. What are we, what is happening here? Yeah. I mean, the Bengals are one of these teams that have been a little Jekyll and Hyde, but they've got like some, some big time boat race wins and they're at home. And we got this 49ers team that one is, you know, you know, 
going west. It's it's not a really it's not a really kick, but you got West Coast team going inside, uh, in um, with no Debo Samuel potentially, no Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson. Like his body is clearly telling him that he's not ready to play football. Uh, right. So we might not have. So we might have just like a hodgepodge of running backs, which is fine. Before now, they'll figure something out. But well, what's the what's the latest on uh, on Debo? I just I, as of Thursday, like he was just doing like bike work. So I don't okay. know. We're recording this Friday morning, so things can change. But he was just right. doing bike work, so it's really hard to get a gauge and if he'll be available and even be 100%. And even the way, like with Debo, the way he's used, like him playing with a groin injury, like that's not, I, I think, the, the greatest thing. And I know No, no, that's not ideal. Where, we're yeah. coming off a spot where Dalvin Cook just smashed when everyone was hesitant. So, I mean, definitely play Debo if you got him and he's active. But I don't know how much running we'll see Debo do in the run game if he does play. Um and then you've also, you got a quarterback edge like Burrow, even with our injured pinky and he was already practicing and throwing passes on Thursday. Like he's an edge over grapple for sure. Grapple in the second half of that Seattle game was an abject nightmare. Like he was awful. Uh, so, I mean, we're getting home field advantage. We're getting quarterback advantage. Probably they're getting, they're, they're giving <laughs> points like, okay, the Bengals have better wide receivers. The yeah. Bengals have a better running back, right? Without Eli Mitchell, they definitely have the better running back. They have the way better quarterback. I mean, down 10 points, Joe Burrow can get you back in a game. I mean, he he did it against the Chargers. They fought back against the Chargers. I mean, part of that was that the Chargers totally went into a shell on offense, but they fought back. But they were down 24 at one point, I think, and they fought back to make that competitive. I mean, this line is, what are we what are we doing here? Who are, it just feels who are wrong, the, right? It does yeah, just it just feel feels wrong. wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what it is. And like you said, the, the Bengals are really built – built to kind of attack the 49ers where they're weakest at. And you, the, I think the Bengals do deserve a little bit of criticism of maybe being like a two, two run heavy at this point. Yeah. They, the they clearly, they clearly are wanting to model themselves as like a Patriots esque style team or whatever, for, for whatever reason, or even, even that, I mean, before Matt Stafford got there, that was a criticism you could levy at McVay who, Zach Taylor coached under they they would just be too conservative yeah. on offense given what they were able to do passing the ball. But if they want to go three wide here, because the 49ers weakest spot is those cornerbacks. So I mean you you get you go three wide here and you just open it up and, and, and kind of take the 49ers to where they're the most vulnerable at. I mean the 49ers show lost that game by 17 to 20 points if Gerald Everett doesn't give away two touchdowns in that game. That's true. People, people forget that he uh, he was um, shaving points in that game. I'll, I'll <laughs> never mean, forget it. It was an all-time bad like performance. And Dawson Knox tried to follow it up on Monday night, but, man, Gerald Everett, like, that was a rough one, man. He don't want to watch any of the film. from. Yeah, from but, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo on the road against a team that can easily go uh, 303, like, uh, you know, Burrow, Burrow can just do that. Like, not, not – a this is I I think this should be Bengals by three. Like I, you know, I don't have a model to back that up. But if I was, if you and I were doing this on uh, Sunday night and we were playing guess the lines like uh, like cousin Sal and Bill, I would have said Bengals by three. I'm curious what it is at Football Outsiders right now. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point. I uh, I, I bet I bet they have well. The, the analytics stuff always kind of likes the 49ers though. That is true. They do. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know where they have it at as, as everyone's favorite part of like any podcast. Yeah. No, oh, this is, is vamping, vamping for time. Yeah. Uh, no, the people, the people do love it. 
No, we can move on, though. You can give your one, and we can circle back. That was your number one, though, so cool. That it was my number little, one. It makes you feel a little bit better then. So I'll Yeah, say, right. no, clear, I thought I thought I was looking through lines, uh, and I was just like, oh, that's clearly the number one. Like, I feel mo- – like, because it, it fits like it's – you got a good narrative, which is Jimmy G on the road against a passable defense. Like, you don't want – and outdoors, you know, all that stuff. Like, Jimmy, Jimmy in the Midwestern cold and stuff. Um, yeah, so that was my – that was my number one. Uh, so – and we just we just did my number four, which was the Buccaneers. So what is your number three? Uh, so my three is uh, the Cardinals uh, under three, which I like. You know, I, I had this. Can... I had this one as well. All right. So yeah, I, I, anytime you can get these, uh, you know, the, the, the short home favorites, I, I really like. Uh, you know, anything under the field goal. I also think the Cardinals just match up well with uh, what the Rams want to do. So the way to beat the Cardinals is you want to beat up the interior of their defense, right? So you want to, you want to run power football and be able to kind of control the script, like kind of like green Bay did on the Thursday night game. That's like how you beat them. The Rams really are not built to do that. And we've seen the kind of McVay kind of hint this week that they want to do some more of that stuff, but they're not really built to do that. I mean, that's the weakest part of their team is the interior offensive line. Uh, So we also seen that Kyler came back and looked like old Kyler, man. He was running around on a terrible He looked great. Um, and you know, I think people forget just because Kyler was absent for so long and maybe them winning two or three games with Colt McCoy, like hurts him in the, the minds of voters with like MVP right. race and stuff, but he's, he's like the MVP literally, fave. he's literally number one in like every single like quarterback metric. Though. Well, other like, than Jameis. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Kyler coming back and playing well, because you remember when these two teams played earlier in the year, they played in LA and it was, it was, a they dog walked them. They, they dog walked them. Yeah. And Kyler had like a play in this game. I think it was a third and 15 where the Rams had a perfect play call and they had like a, they had like a cover zero blitz and they get the blitz gets there and Kyler just peels back sheds yardage and runs for 17 yards in a first down, perfect play call, perfect defense. And it didn't matter. That's like how Kyler, like when Kyler's operating, like he's just a player that trumps the best of what a defense can offer. And this Rams defense also hasn't really been playing good for basically four or five weeks now. Um, and I also want to give a Mia Culpa to our guy that we've bagged on, Cliff, pretty heavily. Now, he may just come back after I give him support and stick it to us. But he Cliff might. has done an absolutely amazing job this year. Uh, I think he should be front runner for coach of the year. I know Belichick's probably going to win it because that's oh, Bel- buddy, the voters are like they cannot wait. They've already like been practicing their penmanship to write in his uh, his name on that list. Like they are so excited. Well, yeah. expectations go so much into coach of the year, and like so, like they're exceeding expectations go greatly. Like it's look at Belichick, and I think Belichick's done an amazing job. But I think Cliff Kingsbury has done the best coaching job so far in the NFL this season. He won two or three games without Kyler Murray. And DeAndre Hopkins is about every out every one of those games. J.J. Watt's been, been injured. Uh, he's actually uh, – my our, my co-host Dan Pizzuta made an argument that, like, Kyler actually – and DeAndre may have actually unlocked more of, like, what Cliff can do. Like, he, he actually has been in his bag a little bit more. That's a short passing game and using some of these other assets. Now they're going to get Chase yeah, Edmonds back. Yeah, except it didn't happen with Rondale. Yeah, I mean, but that's that was always a worry with Rondell Moore, though. Like Rondell Moore is is still being the same Rondell Moore we saw in college. Like that's there's like still a direct overlap. I think that's that we're seeing a lot was to be expected, but I don't right. know. I just like the Cardinals a lot more than the Rams as a football team right now. I think that they've kind of flown under the radar because maybe they just haven't done it yet. And people don't want to give them credit. They're like, wow, well, the Cardinals losing the playoffs, whatever. We'll acknowledge their 13 win season 
like I guess down the road if we have to, but they'll lose in the playoffs. We're not expecting them to beat all these other juggernauts, but I think they are actually the best team in the NFC. I think they are the best team in the NFL. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think they are. And uh, it, the dominant narrative, like, 10 days ago was that Matthew Stafford was hurt and Odell Beckham was a cancer. And like, I, I don't understand how, how that narrative changed so much because they, who did they beat the Jaguars? Is that who they just beat? Yeah. They just beat the, they just, yeah. they just beat up on the Jaguars. Like, of course they just beat up on the Jaguars. That team is uh, completely clueless and, and hopeless. So obviously like, I don't know. It just feels like they're, they're like, Oh, the, the Rams righted the ship because they beat the Jaguars. Like the Texans uh, are probably going to beat the Jaguars the next time they play. Like the, they're the worst. All right. So for anyone listening to us, to donkeys talk, uh, football outsiders has, it should be Bengals plus five. I knew that I knew they would be in on the 49ers. I knew, I knew, I knew the, the analytics stuff would like the 49ers because they get the 49ers get all the, the little stuff. And that's why people are obsessed with Shanahan is because he does a lot of those little things, right? It's just, it, you just got to account for the Garoppolo factor, which is a huge factor in this game. He's not good. He just is really oh, not no. good. Yeah. They're going to get something for him though. Like who's, who is, who's the team trading for Steelers. Garoppolo's offseason? Steelers. <laughs> No way, right? You think Broncos? So? Broncos? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the Broncos. If Broncos Dude, someone's if, going if, to. If, if Rogers and Russell Wilson either stay put or you know, Russ goes to New Orleans would be a really or or I what uh, New Justice Justice was telling me he wants to go to a big market, so like New York, maybe. But yeah, I, I mean someone is trading a second round pick for Jimmy G a la yeah. Sam Darnold for sure. It's happening. Um sure. All right, so that you was your Cardinals too, then, huh? Yeah, that was my number two. That was my number two. We almost got um, all yours out of the way. So my my last one here to get out of the way is yeah, the, the the Saints minus five and a half points. Um, it's the Jets should, are the worst. They are they are worse. They're they are the worst. They can't do anything on offense. The they it looks a little bit like they did something on offense last week because they got gifted that amazing field position twice in. Uh, the first half against the Eagles, but then they got dog, they got, they got dog walked for the rest of that game. It's, it's all bad. Um, you know, Corey Davis is on the, on the IR. I mean, it's just, they, they got nothing. There's nothing they can do. They're, they're terrible. And the Saints yeah, will just was, run the ball. This was in contention to be my, uh, on there for that exact reason. I just didn't know if I could willfully bring myself to tout on a, on a show Taste him with the, with the mallet with finger. Hurt finger. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, with almost six points on the road. But uh, I don't uh, disagree with this at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just it just feels like um, betting against the Saints or betting against the Jets is like just a gift, right? It's just, I mean, it's just that's all it is. It's just a stone cold gift. I think Zach Wilson showed a little bit of life in the first half and then was bad in the second half. What do you yeah, I mean, do I, with Zach Wilson? They can't like. Oh man, they're gonna have an option though to get out. Like, do do you punt after a year? I just they're not gonna have a they're not gonna have like a particularly good pick or anything, right? Yeah, I mean they have their picks. Like, what if they could get Deshaun Watson? I don't. I think I think we are gonna. I think Deshaun Watson is gonna be in jail. <laughs> so very very well possible. Like I, I think that all these people wish casting on Deshaun Watson because his case goes to court in February, 
And I just think it's going to be like, well, this guy's not playing in the NFL and we're all going to have spent the last year, uh, you know, uh, forecasting where this guy is going to go when he is uh, either in jail or banned from playing in the NFL because he broke the code of conduct or whatever. So I don't know what they do. Maybe, maybe they're, maybe Robert Sala, maybe they trade the second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know what you do with Zach Wilson at this point. Like it feels like already some cost. Like he's been that bad. He's been terrible. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 uh, I mean, who's their offensive coordinator? I don't even know. LaFleur, the other Michael LaFleur. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you give him one more year with a different offensive coordinator. You fire this guy and you bring in a different offensive coordinator. Maybe that does it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me with Zach Wilson though, too, is like how much faith can you have in this current like jet staff? Like they've been awful, like objectively awful the entire season. Yes. Yeah. They ever, I mean, everything they like, we have gotten no indication that anyone in that building from their 53rd guy on offense up to the ownership of the team that they have any clue. I mean, they, they are uh, the, the New York franchises are, are setting like records for incompetence basically. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Um, all right. There we go. So let's run through, let's run through the rest of yours then. Cause mine, yeah, are, all, so mine I are all have, done. I have two left. Uh, the Panthers are, are ahead next. Um, just feels like a really easy spot. We know that there's like one great unit in, in this game and it's the Panthers defense. Panthers uh, deep. And they're going to have now this, the Matt rule wish, wish life of just being able to run the football being able to run and play the ball. and be boring. They're actually able to do it in this game so at home. Uh, as a favorite against this Falcons defense that is last in the NFL in pressure rate, last in the NFL in sacks. Uh, they can play Cam Newton, play conservative, use like RPO game, just kind of control the clock and just like not let Kyle Pitts beat them, who hasn't beat anybody, but they'll play Stephon Gilmore like they did the first game, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I actually bet the hell out of this game the first time it, it came around. So I'm just going to help and double it back on it because they were uh, they were getting points in Atlanta earlier in the year, never were in jeopardy of losing that game. And, Never. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just going to go back and say under less than a field goal, you're going to, I'm going to get now at home uh, in a spot where they can just play conservative football. I'm going to just take that. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on to there, but. Um, yeah. It's just like that. And, and the Falcons give up in these games too, which you, you got to feel good about, right? Anytime you see a team just completely give up, like they've done it twice where they've gotten behind and they just have been trying to run the clock out. Um, they, they did it on, uh, the Thursday night game against the Patriots and they did it against the Cowboys where they were just like, you know what, let's not, let's not do this. Let's just run Wayne Goldman into the line and, and move on from there. Um, Kyle Pitts, what's your, what's your take on, on what, what the deal is with, uh, with Kyle Pitts? I think everyone was right. I think it's one of the rare cases where everyone was right. He, he showed, uh, you know, he's going to have this like historically good tight end season in context of the position. He definitely flashed some ability, uh, was a complete overdrafted pick in redraft leagues. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of those things where like kind of like everyone was right, but once Calvin Ridley left this team, just, he died. Like every, like all his production, uh, I saw Dwayne McFarland tweet, like his like help coverage and, and double coverage rate and, and just the splits are just tremendously night and day. They just don't have anyone else offensively to threaten the defense. I mean, they're, they're now resorted to giving Russell Gage a dozen targets a game. That's like where we are at the stage of the Falcons. That's season. sad, bro. That's a sad <laughs> sentence. And it's just, so I think everyone is right. It was, it was really one of those things. Like he definitely, 
showed enough. I think he'll be the dynasty tight end one. He, he, he definitely flashed enough, but also was a rookie tight end and was overdrafted fantasy pick. What, uh, what would you do with him? Because, you know, we're in all these dynasty leagues together where it's super flex and tight end premium. What would you, if you had him, what would you be doing with him? And if you didn't have him, do you think he's a guy worth trading one of these 2022 first for? Yeah, I would hold or easily take out of this class. Like I would take, I would take hits over a lot of players in this class. The one thing I will say that I will defend in this Falcon season is that Matt Ryan did not play bad this season. Yeah. Like in, the, in context of everything, that offensive line, the, the the lack of talent, I actually do believe Matt Ryan played well. Also, their coaching staff is, is another one that's terrible. He's last in the NFL in passing rate, but pass attempts on first downs. Like, yeah, they, a, they, they run they run with Mike Davis or Goldman for two or yards on like it's every second first and eight. Down. It's second and eight every time the Falcons have the ball. Uh, I will say this for as much as like hand rigging we've done on Matt Ryan over the year. I will I will defend Matt Ryan's play this year. He played actually in, in context of the circumstance. I think he actually did, you know, perform at a, at a baseline to above average level for a lot of quarterbacks that would have been thrown in the same spot. OK, I bet I can guess your number one. Can you do it? Ravens plus three. No, I didn't. I'm just, yep. I just okay. All right. So we're on the same page then where like I was looking through and I was like, Oh, I'm taking the Ravens here. And then I looked at it and I was like, wait, no, I'm not taking the Ravens here. They're playing like shit. We told, I, this is what you took them last week. And I, my thing was like, I just can't right now. Yeah. Gotta, no. And I, you were buddy. You were right. They are playing like ass. Well, we've picked, if you've, if people have listened to this show over the course of the season, you know, I've gone against the Ravens a few times too. Cause just their team that, their record has not been indi- indi- indication of like what they the, their performance has been on the field this year. They've won some games they shouldn't have won, and they finally had one variance game swing the other way, right? They didn't make the play. Uh, they could have won the game still, but they just didn't make the play. They had made the final play a number of games. Um, didn't happen this week. Remember, I mean, they, they came back from 22 on the Colts. It needed multiple two-point conversions, like force overtime, and then they get the they they score on that. They get a, they win a game on the longest field goal in NFL history. <laughs> like oh yeah i would forgotten about that <laughs> there's a lot that happened in the raven season they and they finally just didn't make the play right it was there for them they just swung in the other direction the variance play but this is a team that they've just had so many injuries lamar's confidence looks shot right now it, yeah like, it, like a whole body language like we know that that's stuff that's not like analytical and you know it's more narrative he, he- he looked he looked good as a runner to me against Seattle, especially or against Pittsburgh in the second half. Like I thought he looked more like more capable as a runner than he had been. But every time he dropped back to pass, I felt like he was just like, oh, I'm just going to get sacked. Like, I'm just going to get hit here and I don't really want to get hit. Like, which is uh, for, for Lamar, who is a good passer, but certainly not, uh, you know, like a surgeon, you know, throwing down the field or whatever. That's it's not a good spot for him to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just going to leave it alone. The Browns don't blitz a lot, and I don't think he'll throw four interceptions a game, but we'll see kind of what happens. I'm just not, not going to touch that. A game could be terrible. Neither of those teams can really score right now. Um, yeah. But my number one is, and I can't even, I do believe because, you know, the, the media loves stuff like this. They did it with the Steelers a few weeks ago when the Steelers beat all those bad teams and played fragile football, and people are like, oh, the Steelers are back. But uh, the Cowboys, dude, this game should be seven. This should be a touchdown or higher for sure. Um, th- this Washington team is winning on smoke and mirrors right now. This four game smoke and mirrors. All, it's all like this is the most fragile brand of football that people always get sucked into believing teams are good. Uh, this this ball control, uh, time of control the clock, like 
And they've almost lost a bunch of these games, even yeah. doing this. Yeah. And the only thing that's swung for Washington is like their third down variance has basically flipped. Like they're second and since the bye, they're second in the NFL and third down conversion rate. Uh, and on defense, they're top five, too, and they are bottom five in the league in those metrics before the bye. That's really like what is allowed it to, but it's a very fragile way to live in the NFL. And uh, I also believe that these running back injuries for the Cowboys actually might be a semi-blessing because the Washington's already a pass funnel defense. Think about this, like before the bye, they trailed for more snaps in the NFL than anybody in the league, more than the Jets, more than the Lions. Uh, and, and they still are uh, opposition is fifth in the NFL and pass rate against them. They've been good against the run. So now I think this is going to, this sets up to be a real bread and butter Dak passing script. Like it was on Thursday, uh, you know, oh, against man. the Saints. I hope so. so. I mean, I think that the Cowboys are going to throw all over this Washington team. And I also think that just the Washington has been playing, uh, on a very, very thin ice, their, their brand of football. And this could be one of these scripts where we get back to, to hair on fire, Taylor Heineke. Um, but I, I am supremely confident the Cowboys go in there and dust, dust Washington. So come and come at me uh, and at me when it's. Uh, I mean, Washington, out. Washington <laughs> sucks. I just am. I just am in a weird place with the Cowboys right now where I was so high on them and then they lost to Denver and they lost that awful Raiders game. And now I'm just like, I don't know what to believe. I do think you're right though. If Pollard doesn't play and Zeke is still feeling wonky, like if his knee is still feeling bad and, and Dak just drops back and passes 45 times here and Kellen Moore, because Kellen Moore also has not been in his bag the last couple of weeks. Kellen Moore has been calling a much more, you know, just kind of regular straightforward offense. I, I think you're right. Um, I, I think they could, I mean, they could score 40 points here if they were, were really going and, and they got Gallup back. Cooper should be good. He's had 10 days now to, to work on his conditioning lamb. You know, those guys, they all just got a 10 day rest, right? They played three games in 12 days. The whole team has got to rest that that's really big for them. I think. Yeah. I, I like this spot for Dallas. So everyone can come and say how bad I am at this when they lose on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what about, what about for DFS this week? Like we got to pick one of these games to go over because the Tampa Bay Buffalo game is looking like an all time chalk spot here. Like all, all, all time chalk spot. These haven't hit. Uh, and I'm not saying this one won't hit. I'm just saying we've had a few of these over the past, what, six weeks with Cowboys chiefs just most recently. Oh God. And like, it never got there. Um, but I don't know, man. I I've been asked this question on a number of shows of what game to, to pinpoint. I mean, maybe 49ers Bengals. It's, it's 49ers Bengals, right? The Bengals get Bengals get up 10. We got Kittle. We got Ayuk. The Bengals will still throw enough for one of T or Chase will get there. Um, you know, if the Bengals score 30 or whatever, maybe even both. I mean, they both could have gotten there last week had Chase not dropped that interception. They they both would have gotten there. Um, it could be this game too. It could be, it could be Cowboys uh, Cowboys Washington. Washington. Yeah. You know, if it goes the way I say, because like this game is like a start game, right? Like it's it's how does the start of this go? Does Washington like open the game with like an eight minute touchdown drive or do the Cowboys open with like uh, like a seven play, like two minute drive where they just go what right do you, down the field? What do you think happens with the tight end situation for Washington? Because, you know, all season it's just been whoever starts just plays every snap. And then we saw a little bit more of Bates last week with Logan Thomas before Logan Thomas weeks, got injured. In a row. Um, and then. Ricky Seals Jones is expected to play, but he's not been able to get in a full practice. Like it feels like, I mean, if RSJ sits, I think Bates is like a jam. Um, but what do you, what do you, what do we think if both of them play? 
I think though you won't see Ricky Seals Jones play 100 percent of the snaps. I mean, just yeah, logic would dictate it, right? When Logan Thomas came back from the hamstring on Monday night two weeks ago, him and Bates split work too. So right. I just think it comes down to a health thing. Like I don't think Ricky Seals Jones is fully healthy, obviously, by what's going on in practice this week. So tougher to say. I mean, you've got you've got a spot where like no one really likes to play McLaren because of what's gone down this year. He's been so volatile, but when he does hit, he's hit for huge games. Uh, so he'd be like an, an easy run back because people are going to play the hell out of Antonio Gibson again, but I still think there's some fragility to Antonio Gibson because we haven't seen him hit in negative game script yet in a game with JD McKissick. So if McKissick, well, back, I don't, I don't think he's back. He did, was not practicing on Wednesday with a concussion. Well, so I Thursday guess we'll, he was, Oh, but it, it wasn't for like Gibson. And so it all comes down to that for Gibson, right? Like McKissick's out, like, well, because let's say we don't know it's Friday morning. So right. if McKissick's out, then that changes everything. But I do think if McKissick plays, people still are going to play a lot of Antonio Gibson because they just think the usage has really changed. And maybe it has, but I don't think we have a lot of full on evidence that it fully has um, until we see them in negative game scripts with McKissick on the field. They just haven't been in negative game script at all the past month. Um, so I think there's yeah. some fragility to him at his price. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a terrible running back week though. Like, yeah, nothing, we went, nothing like a week where Josh Jacobs is, is the jam. We went from a week where there was too many running back plays and we were trying to narrow down who we really like to like, all right, well, who are we going to, who are we going to get? It's definitely feels like a two running back build week this week. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about the 49ers? Cause I think we're trending now towards hasty and Jeff Wilson jr. Both being active. What do you think happens there? I honestly hands in the air, because like I said, I think it's, I don't think it's just a Jeff Wilson jam spot because of Jeff Wilson. One came back earlier than a lot of the people we follow on Twitter suggested. His they all said he wouldn't be back until, till like late November. And as a byproduct of that, now we've had him have his knee injury flare up in in game and now during week in a week of practice at different times. So the signal to me is that like he probably just isn't like 100 percent that knee isn't fully ready to go. Uh, and he hasn't looked good when he's played anyways. So no, he's looked and and combined hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. played three snaps last week. Yeah, and so I think it'll be one of these hodgepodge games for the 49ers where it could be like Jeff Wilson for a little bit, Hasty for a little bit. Uh, we might see, I mean, we might see Kittle get some handoffs. I could see like that happening. Uh, I doubt that they use Trey Lance because they hate us and they haven't used them in the run game at all to this point. They ran a, a fourth and one RPO with Jimmy Garoppolo last week. Did you see that? The most, it was the most angry I've ever been. I immediately. <laughs> Like I immediately tweeted, like, what, what the fuck is Kyle Shanahan doing? You have a literal tank, like Trey Lance is like 240 pounds built like a, uh, you know, I mean, this guy's massive and you, and Jimmy G just wilts at the first tap. It was so obnoxious. Like Lance gets the first down on that play uh, 99 and a half percent of the time. And I know like, you know, listeners are probably like, you know, Hey, yeah, we know you guys have a Lance agenda. You guys don't and like you, you bring, up. you bring Lance in and it forecasts what you're doing. But anytime the 49ers have done this in a game with Lance, it's worked. Oh, first week of the season, opening drive of the season, they bring yep. Lance in. He throws a touchdown at Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield. And they play the Packers three weeks after that. They have a fourth down as time is expiring in the first half and they bring Lance in and he runs for a touchdown. I just thought, like, you can do this. Like, why are they not even sprinkling this in even a little bit? Like, just a little bit. Why are they sprinkling it in? Uh, it's absolutely frustrating, but I honestly don't know. Running back is is a, a nightmare for this week. I want to 
play the hell out of Kamara because it's such a jam spot. Like if he was fully healthy, but like we still have Taysom and like, is he healthy? There's no time Montgomery. There's no Mark Ingram. It's the Jets. We know they're going to run the hell out of football. Um, and and other, and you know, earlier in his career, maybe we would have thought like, oh, you know, they, they, they treat him with so much kid gloves. They'll use Ty Montgomery or Dwayne Washington or whatever here. Yeah, Tony Jones. But they were giving him 30 touches a game earlier yeah. in the season, you know? So I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, so I've I, been like wrestling back and forth. Like, I, I just go in on Kamara because people might be hesitant because of the all the, you know, him just coming back and then taste him. So maybe he's just a jam. Like you just go 100% Kamara and ride or die with it. But I've been kind of wrestling with that. But Eckler seems like a really good play on the payup spot. And then it's just gross after that. It's just really do you Do you have a, a Palmer versus Guyton take if, well, okay. So Chargers passing game, no Keenan. What do you think? And then Chargers passing game, no Keenan, no Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I think you jam big Mike if he plays just because the offense is going to throw him. And literally any time Keenan Allen's been off the field and big Mike's played, he's been awesome. And anytime Mike Williams has even had 20% of team targets in a game this season. He just he's, fucking crushes. Yeah, he's so like, good. Yeah, he's been absolutely – he has five games this season with 20% of team targets or more. 882 and one, 791 and one, 7122 and two, yeah. 8165 and two, and five and 110. And like, those are, those are like ridiculous lines. And you're getting the discount on them, anyways, because priced to where, you know, this news came out after. So if he plays, I'm just going to jam in, jam him in and just say what happens between Guyton and Palmer. I don't know if there is like a great answer. I think the answer actually would signal Jared Cook because he's just a slot receiver. I, I- my take is Palmer because Guyton is just a wind sprinter. Guyton is just Chris yeah. Hogan. He can't really um, and, win. He hasn't really shown any wide receiver nuance. And Palmer will play. I mean, Palmer will obviously will not be as good, but Palmer will kind of play is at least capable of like running more routes other than just like straight wind sprints. It could also just be bad. Like it could just be yeah. a bad game. It could like, just be, it could just be, they score 21 points, you know, or 18 points. Lot get out yeah uh, herbert scores a rushing touchdown eckler scores twice and they get out of there yeah i mean the giants are the only team in the nfl have more field goals than touchdowns <laughs> oh my like... god i have you tweeted that yeah yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna tweet like, it right now well, it was a couple of weeks ago but yeah they're the, and it's dude they have seven more field goals than touchdowns the giants are the only team in the nfl with more <laughs> field goals than tds <laughs> per... <laughs> that's so good my my favorite thing on Twitter is is shitting on the Giants because the Giant the Giants their fans, fan base is crazy. Well, they used to fight back, right? The, the the Giants fan base used to be like, "No, you don't understand, Gettleman. He didn't take Dwayne Haskins, and Haskins sucked. He took Daniel Jones, and whatever that nose tackle he took ended up being good. Leonard Leonard, I don't I don't know I don't know well, his they, name. They signed Leonard Williams. Signed Leonard, but they drafted a nose tackle that same draft who ended up being good too. Um, I, I don't, I don't know his name and oh, they used yeah. to, they um, used to be yeah. adamant that like Gettleman actually knew what he was doing, but now they've all gone the other way. Now they're like Daniel Jones stinks. They all stink. Everyone stinks other than Barkley. Everyone's got to go other than Barkley, but they, they'll never admit that Barkley has lost a step. My son, you know, who's a Giants, a giant honk that lives the, lives the life. He lives play to play. He tells me their playoff scenario like yesterday, but then he's like, oh, two top 10 picks. Can't blow that. But he's like, then he's just like, well, we could use the Steelers to win tonight because the, the Giants are still alive. You know, the like Giants still are still alive. 
<laughs> yeah, he cracks me up, man. My just... my dream my dream scenario is Gettleman gets to stay, and he 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 ruins another draft, and he gives Barkley a contract, and then he gets fired. <laughs> mid-season next year that is my that is my dream for the he's already out though right like he's already basically like plot like the the fishing boat basically what they said yeah basically they said what do you will they keep joe judge will joe judge stay around yeah that's the mistake they're gonna make is they should just rip it all up let the new gm have these draft picks let him hire the guy he wants right like don't force joe judge on him let him hire the guy he wants even my son the 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 16 year old giants fan is like he loses his shit over Joe Judge. He's like, this dude, all he does is make these guys run laps, and he's supposed to be like a good special teams coach, and they're the most undisciplined team and have the worst it's special in the teams. world. <laughs> yeah. He's like, they have a dumb penalty that's like cost them two games because they had what two times they went off sides on a field goal that like was missed and they would have won the game. And then they the team gets the re-kick and then they win the game. Uh yeah. Dexter Lawrence was the dude we're thinking. Dexter about Lawrence. There um, we go. But yeah, I mean, I think that if the smart play, which they won't do, the Maras won't do, they're probably going to hire a new GM, force Joe Judge to run this back another year, give him another year. Uh, And don't forget, they also have, this is the fence year for Daniel Jones. They're going to pick up his fifth year option, I assume. And do they, oh, well, do they extend him that they'll pick up the option, but the question is, do they extend him? Well, no, well then it's just a Trubisky situation, right? You pick up the fifth year option. And then it becomes a Trubisky situation where, you know, he's not good, but you have him. So maybe he doesn't even start uh, in 2023, but he's still on the roster because you had the fifth year option. And it's like, it's all just setting up to be a disaster where you believe you just rip it up, man. You just, that's the play. You just rip it up. They're not going to though. It's not the giants way. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get you out of here. Tell the people where they can go. Send them in the right direction. My friend. (laughs) <laughs> hey, this is sharpfootballanalysis.com. The worksheet's up. Uh, we've got a few more weeks left in the season. I know a bunch of people have checked out, but hopefully if you're still playing DFS and making sports betting, that never goes away, uh, no matter how bad your regular season fantasy went. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're you know, we're all good. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's such a weird thing because FFPC stuff is wrapping up right now. Like most of my teams are dead, but like my home leagues, like the, the Roto World League that you and I are in, we haven't even started the playoffs yet there because of the, yeah. of the discrepancy of how that works. So like my home leagues, I'm still sitting there, you know, scooping Josh Palmer up on first come first serve waivers. <laughs> Get Michael hasty. Grab it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, all the high stakes stuff is basically done now that there's in terms of roster moves. So it's just sort of interesting. Um, all right, everyone, we're going to get out of here. Uh, sharp football analysis, Lord Reeves, you guys know the deal. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. Self-monitoring is power. Visit managerbp.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration.